So, uh, what, what do I call you, by the way? P I, I imagine you don't want me to call you PMH. PMH is my name. Oh, PMH is your name, is it? Yeah, really, truly. Really? Yeah, That's those initials are my full legal name. Ah. Uh -huh. I don't have any other name. How, so, how, how did that come about? We're going back now to 1980 when I was about to marry my husband. Hmm. And I couldn't decide what kind of name I should have. And I went over all kinds of, of, of you know, thoughts and ideas. And I finally just said, okay, God, you name me. I can't find a name that, mm. that, that is appropriate, that feels good. So I went to bed that night and had the most unusual vision I have ever had in my life. Mm. Um, the, 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 the view was this most beautiful, rich, luxurious black. And, and, and across this view screen were these giant sparkly block letters that said, and they were white, mm -hmm. P period, M period, H period, Atwater. And it, it just, it woke me out of bed. I, I, I just jumped out of bed. I was looking then at a at a, a kind of white wall, and then the colors reversed, and then the the block letters were now in that beautiful black, mm. and one almost touched my my nose. I mean, it was quite real. It it wasn't fanciful at all. It was quite real, very physical. Mm. And I was renting um, a, ro a a room at the time from a retired couple from Ohio, uh, that was in Virginia, but you know they had. Uh, retired into uh, Virginia. So I was staying with them. So I, I go screaming out of my room <laughs> into the breakfast nook. And and they were very concerned, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong. So I told them about, you know, this crazy vision. And I said, that has got to be the dumbest, stupidest, most egotistical name I've ever heard. And then I caught myself, hey, you know, here I am sort of cursing if you will uh, the name god gave me mm. so i decided i would go back into prayer and and see you know did i mix anything up here <laughs> mm. Mm. did i did i get it right and at the end of nine days i felt like i had been born with that name mm. it just fit it just worked so at marriage i went went through the legal system that became my name and I never knew the why mm. of such a crazy name for about 20 years. And then it became crystal absolutely cl clear. Had my name been a female name, when I first came out with my research and wrote my books, mm. you know, everybody thought I was male. They thought I was a man. Had, my, had I had a female name, my work would have never gone out. I see. I, see. I had to have either a male name or, or, an, amb or an ambiguous name. Yeah. Yeah, an ambiguous yeah. name. So God knew what God was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your main area of interest is the near-death experience. You've been looking at this sort of thing for a long time now. When did you first start getting interested in it? And what, what was it that made you interested? I never, ever got interested in it. I died three times in 1977 twice in January, once in March. It was 
all because I was I was raped, and the complications from uh, um, the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then later that year, 1977, I had three major relapses, one of which was total adrenal failure. Failure. Mm-hmm. So I was dealing with a heavy load. And in my third near-death experience, uh, among the things that happened to me, um, I heard this voice, ah, bigger than big. I mean, it's bigger than the universe. It's bigger than anything you can imagine. It was not a guide or a guardian or some kind of angel. Mm. It was a voice much bigger than that and more powerful than that. And the voice said, and I quote, test revelation. You are to do the research, one book for each death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Book number one was not named, books two and three were named. Book two is future memory. Mm -hmm. If you haven't read it, do it. It is a labyrinth. It is a book labyrinth. It is a real labyrinth, just like going outside and walking a labyrinth. Um, And then the the third one was a manual for developing humans. Most of us don't seem to realize that uh, Hugh uh, was the original sound of God that people uh, people accepted. Mm -hmm. They thought that Hugh meant God. So a human man was God man, right? God man, God woman. Um, so the purpose of the book is to bring us back to who we are, co-creators with the Creator, hmm. to, to be who we really are. It's it, it's a fun book. There's there's all kinds of interesting things in it. Um, so a manual for developing humans, and. Um, uh, so it showed me what I was to do, but it didn't tell me how to do it. Hmm. Well, I, I was a cop's kid. I was raised in a police station. <laughs> so I used police investigative techniques as my protocol mm-hmm. because that's all I knew. That's all you knew. Yeah. And uh, so I left. I, I was living in Idaho. I'm a Western woman, lived in Idaho. Um, uh, so I sold my home, which I'd only owned about nine months, sold it. Um, I got rid of or sold, you know, you know, everything else I had, um, and, and j- just walked out on my life, literally walked mm. with my job on the very day that I was, uh, I was working for a bank as an analyst in the, ba- in, in, in the analytical department. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> you'll get a kick out of this that morning. It was a Monday morning. And I had had a future memory episode happen in the bank mm-hmm. as I was working. Right. And it so shocked me. Um, so I, 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 it was nine o'clock that morning. I was supposed to see my boss. Um you know, and, 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 and getting news that I was you know, going mm-hmm. to be a bank uh, executive. And, and in right. those days, for a woman to be a bank yeah. executive, whoa. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that was deal. big. Mm. 
So I went in and I, and I told, I, I told my boss what had happened that, that I was to, to leave. Um, I got this vision, this knowing that I was, to, I, I was, to, I was to sell the house, you know, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have and then move east, and I was to live in Falls Church. I never heard of a Falls Church. No, I mean, well, what's a what's a Falls Church? Right, right. I didn't know. But but I was to go west first, and 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 see the moon set silver over the Pacific, then meander across the United States, fulfilling all my childhood dreams and wishes, and wind up seeing the sun come up right. gold you know, over the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So, so you were told uh, to travel thought, from coast to coast. This. I told my boss this and, and she, she went white, totally white. And she said, sit down. <laughs> Don't say another word. That morning at four in the morning, Darren, mm-hmm. <laughs> she had a vision. She never has visions. She had a vision. <laughs> Where she went up to her boss and said she would have to replace me because I was going to chase rainbows. Really? <laughs> really. And she woke up her husband husband, and told him about it so she'd have a witness. Mm. So that was four in the morning. I came in at nine in the morning. So five hours later. That I was going to quit my job. I was going to mm. chase rainbows. Mm. And she just... You know, almost like a catatonic shock. You know, it's like oh. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, that that would that would freak yeah. anybody out. I mean, she never had one a vision in her life. <laughs> um, so that told me I was <laughs> definitely doing, you were the right doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, you know, I did. Hmm. I, I left Idaho. I um, sold my my home. You know, I only owned nine months. Uh, it was a cash out. Can you imagine? <laughs> And the person came up and cashed me out. And I either um, stored or sold everything I had. Mm-hmm. By then, my ch- children were old enough that they were gone. Mm. Uh, and the youngest decided that she would live with her father in, or- um, uh, in Washington, I believe. So she, she, she left. My older children uh, were gone. And um, so I meandered across the United States, fulfilling all my childhood dreams and wishes, <laughs> including including going to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Uh, oh, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> oh, very nice. And wound up in the D.C. area, uh, Falls Church. Mm-hmm. I had cousins that lived there. Mm-hmm. And I lived with him for a week. And then I was on my own. So uh, it's like, you know, what are you going to do in Washington, D.C.? Mm. My thought, <laughs> really, this is crazy, but it's my thought, my feeling, my knowing that the United States ended at Denver. And anything east of Denver was in Greece. Right. It, it, it just was not in the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how Western I was. <laughs> I was truly Western. <laughs> and so it was a big adventure to, <laughs> to me to mm. realize there's really land here and there's people here, here and they have homes and farms. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. 
So, and winding up in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital of all places. And so uh, I just decided to make a game of it and, and have fun, and I did. And, and, and the moment came, the day came that, uh, that I needed to settle down and find, you know, a good job and a place to live. And I did, I did all of that. Um, <laughs> you, 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 uh, you know, your show is about consciousness. You're going to love this. These kinds of stories will be in my next book that I'm now mm -hmm. writing. Um, and, and, um, I, I went to a place in DC, you know, and you have your, your typing test and right, I was going to yeah. apply for a secretary or something mm -hmm. like that. And account executive or something. And, um, so they sent me to this place and I, and it's like nine in the morning and I got there. It's on the corner of 20th and I, and I got, I got there and I, and I stood looking at the office and of course there was no one there and there were two other offices, offices, you know, mm -hmm. doorways leading to other rooms. Right. And I just, I just stood there in the doorway, and I saw myself already there. Mm -hmm. I was seated at the at the desk. I was getting up. I was going into the various offices. I was, <clears throat> I was filing things in the filing cabinet, and I did. I I just watched myself. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this is really rather clever. <laughs> you know, and I thought, well, this is funny. I'm already here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I saw myself doing all these kinds of things. And then finally, this man called uh, from a back office, said, you know, come in and uh, mm -hmm. you'll have your review. Mm -hmm. And it's like I already knew him. And and so I left. And, and this is early in the morning. I left. And I decided, well, I've got this job. Um, you know, I, I'll start at nine in the morning. So uh, instead of... <laughs> calling the office or doing anything else. I went to DuPont Circle. Right. I just laid down, put my um, purse over my chest, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like this and went to sleep. Uh, and I just slept uh, until that afternoon. <laughs> and then I decided, well, maybe I ought to call, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, the recruitment people. So I did. And they said, well, you have the job. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, just tell them I'll start at nine in the morning. <laughs> mm, mm. And I did. And you did. And, and that's the way my whole time in D.C. was. I, I either knew what was going to happen before it happened or whatever happened um, with it was right on course. Mm. What I was to do or, you know, whatever. And um, <laughs> it, 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 I. I started my research there, mm -hmm. and by giving talks. I mean, I didn't. I didn't know how to find people. No, no. But I knew that somehow, some way, it would happen. Mm -hmm. So a group, what found out about me, wanted me to share my own near-death experiences. They arranged uh, a room. Uh, it was. It was a room for. for you know, like a community room. <laughs> Guess where it was? It was in the police station. <laughs> All right. It was in a police 
station. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was so funny. So I'm up here. I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. I'm telling my story. And when it was over, one woman comes up to me. I swear she had stars in her eyes. And she looked up at me and she said, oh, I wish something like that would happen to me so I could be like you. Mm. And instantly I froze. I just froze. I felt like I had betrayed God. I had done something wrong. Because I did, I don't want to advertise that people ought to die, mm. so they right. have, you know, go through something like I yeah. did. Yeah, um, you can get something similar through meditation and prayer and spiritual work. Um, I felt like I had misled her, mm-hmm. um, so I never talked about it again for years and years and years and years. However. <clears throat> A friend of a friend found out I was in the area and and that I would be willing to talk about near-death experiences, mm-hmm. not necessarily my own case. Yeah. And set me up with all kinds of talks in uh, up, up and down the Shenandoah Valley. And so I took it. Mm. And I and um, he more or less opened the door for me to start my research and wherever I went afterward, I invited anybody who had had a near-death experience to come up, come up. We'd all get together after the talk was over and we'd talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I began my work. Um, my work covers nearly 5,000 adults and children. Uh, I worked a good 14 hours a day, sometimes longer, every day, mm. um, uh, um, uh, six days a week. Mm-hmm. And I maintained that schedule for, oh, a good 30 years. Well, 25, 25, almost 30 years. Yeah. And I finally decided... Um, well, hey, <laughs> maybe I can cut those hours a little bit. So I now work a a, a five day work week like mm-hmm. just about anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was totally, totally devoted to um, not just uh, finding out about other people's experiences but what it was like for them afterward and whenever possible i i'd get in their homes i would talk to the husband or the wife mm. or the kids or the neighbors or the fa- the family mm. um and i remember very much what my dad always said he said uh, the body says more than the mouth does mm-hmm. so you're watching bodies right body language and what you're doing and right from the beginning, I was children, and and fortunately, I got a I got a job then. Very early in in uh, very very early in my work, uh, where I worked for a, a, an internet company. I'm talking uh, telephone before Ma Bell, and so they would go up and down. Uh, from the Mississippi River east 
throughout the United States, that part of the United States. Um, and they would set up these new uh, um, automated switching systems right. and, okay. and um, telephone systems. Mm -hmm. And they would need people like me to go in and train the employees right. how to use, how to the use it. computerized mm. switching system. So I was sent all over everywhere and everywhere I went, Darian, everywhere I went, there were near-death experiencers to the point that it was spooky. <laughs> let, let, let me give you an example. This one time I was working a job in Macon, Georgia. And, um, and, and uh, um, uh, it, it was time for a coffee break or, or some, something, mm -hmm. get away for a little while. So I grabbed a little paperback and I walked down to a, a truck stop. And I walked inside and I sat in the middle and got a little something to drink. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, just taking some time out. Yeah. Reading out of my paperback. Mm -hmm. And this guy, I swear he was almost as white as he was tall. Huge <laughs> man. He comes up to me and he says, lady, anybody sitting with you? <laughs> I said, no. May I sit in that chair? I thought for a minute. I thought, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, just opposite me. Mm -hmm. He puts his elbows on the table, leans for her <laughs> forward, talking, you know, eyeball to eyeball. And he says, I want you to know that I still drink and I still chase women. But I want you also to know about the time I died. And I want to tell you all about it. Well, Didn't know this guy. Mm. And, and it was like that for years and years and years. I'd be walking down a street and a woman would come up to me like, like, I mean, I never knew her. Mm. She didn't know me. She, she, she just walk up and, and she would say, oh, you look like you, like a nice person. I've got to talk to somebody. I've just got to talk to somebody. I've got to tell you about the time I died. Mm. <laughs> I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm in a taxi. And, and the guy is taking me to the job site. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very, very curious person. So I'm, I'm asking about, you know, what's the tax yeah. base of the city? You got any colleges or universities mm -hmm. here? What are the major, uh, you know, uh, the major employers? <laughs> <laughs> the guy got tired <laughs> I are frustrated at my question and he says lady <laughs> I come from Egypt <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here you know just to go to school just to go to school I don't know any of that mm. but I can tell you all about what happened to me when I died and I'm going <laughs> <laughs> Even in a taxi, <laughs> you know. And, and, and another guy, I was, I was, I mean, you know, a taxi cab driver in Washington D.C. I was just about to get in his cab, 
and and it was the blackest human being I've ever seen. I'd never seen skin that black before. Mm. And I was staring. I was ashamed of myself, but I was staring. And and, and I admit it. I was staring at the man. Well, it's unusual. It'd be unusual. And, and it, he, he pointed at me. And I apologized right away. I mm. don't mean to be staring. I'm so, so sorry. But he says, you're like me. And I go, oh, really? <laughs> you're like me? You died like I did. I can tell you all about my death. And he went into the, <laughs> an incredibly loving man, wonderful yeah, man, and yeah. about death experience. So that's where most of my cases came from. Mm-hmm. Just found it, you uh, spontaneously. Mm. If you get the book, Near Death Experiences, the rest of the story, I give you the number count of where where my um where my experiences came from uh i give you races you know how many black how many Mm -hmm. white how many uh hispanic and so forth so i i I give you the breakdown Mm -hmm. on all of my work um so i mean that's where it came from it's amazing i mean it is it was amazing to me too absolutely you know i I had no idea that that anything like this would happen. Would happen, yeah. And because I promised that I would do the work, mm. I kept my promise. Mm. And the work and found you. So this is now um, almost forty-four years that I've been doing this. Um, we're talking about eighteen books. I'm about to do my nineteenth one. They haven't all been about the near near death experience, but near death related. Yeah. And um, you know, www.pmhatwater.com. So if you want to know any more about me, get on my website. Um, I do I do produce produce this monthly newsletter, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not like anybody else in the world. It is it's free. Um, you know, you get on my website. Um, you switch over to newsletter and there's an archive so, so you can look over past issues and then s- sign up if you want it but I warn everybody the newsletter is only for the curious if you're curious you'll love my newsletter if you're not eh, my boy. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> so certainly worth a look on that on the website to yes. learn more about you and, and your work. So your near-death experiences, before we actually get onto your work, your actual near-death experiences, they sound like they weren't the traditional uh, go down a tunnel, see a light, meet deceased people. Please know right now, the tunnel is only about a third or less people who have a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not uh, really part of the near-death experience. Although many people have it, mm-hmm. many more don't. Right. Although that is that is com- commonly when you some you say to somebody who maybe hasn't looked at the phenomena, you say a near death experience. The first thing they'll think of is going down a tunnel. So that seems to be the most popular part of it. So what what was your experience actually like? What what was it from start to finish? I suppose the first one or the first three. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Each was different. Each was different. 
and and then that fall I had three major relapses. So mm. did you experience <laughs> any of the did you experience any of the common things like like the tunnel, like the light, like meeting deceased people, no, life reviews? No, no, no tunnels stuff. Mm-hmm. And most people don't. Mm-hmm. So they're really kind of flummoxed when you when you say tunnel and and they say, well, I didn't have a tunnel. No. Um, no, the first one was just more. Ah. Uh, um. The fir- the first one sort of introduced me to um, a very different kind of world, a very different kind of thinking, a very different kind of being. I, I had a very a pronounced and long out-of-body experience. Um, what was that? What was that like? Uh, well, shocking for me. I won't say shocking in the sense that I'd never done it before because I had. Mm. I had a background in that way back in Idaho. Mm-hmm. I had I had started Idaho's first nonprofit nonprofit metaphysical corporation by the name of Inner Forum. Mm-hmm. And we uh, explored all kinds of things like this in a very positive manner. Um easily 3000 people um participated in the programs um got to hear very valid professional uh speakers mm. and and we we really took the subject uh the esoteric or metaphysical subject of um the idea of consciousness the idea that we're more than just a body mm-hmm um and out of body states and you know everything related to that yeah and and i i used to teach uh out of body traveling Mm -hmm. so i mean i mean it it was just really really big and um then i then i was raped Uh, well by then i had i had been doing this for i don't know seven ten years and then um, I retired. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'd made a decision to become a bank manager. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I, did. I decided I'd haven't had enough of this other stuff. Yeah. And I, and I was going to try mm-hmm. <laughs> bank management. I mean, why not? Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I. So that was when I was raped, and and um, because of of. Uh, of the child and mm. miscarried and mm. had all all had these the other experiences yeah. that happened. Um, so that primarily was the first one and very, very bloody and mm. very messy. Mm. And then the second one was um, January 4th. So the first one, January 2, then January 4th. So, so very soon days. after. Mm. Yeah. Because, uh, um, it is. It was so serious, and the the doctor I had gone to, um, our family doctor who wasn't that far far away, mm-hmm. um, knowing, uh, he, he he looked up my file, knowing, in doing that that I couldn't take the um, the shot he gave me. 
Right. So why he did that, I don't know, but he okay. did. But he did. Mm-hmm. And he gave it to me in, in the right thigh vein. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that that caused the second one. Yeah. Right. And, okay. Um, he was but, later sued for malpractice. I'm not surprised. So was it a reaction to the drug that, that killed you in the second well, time? Well, I died again. Mm. Only this, this time a very long and involved near-death experience. Uh, very involved. And and when I came back from that, I, I, I really couldn't relate to the world around me. I couldn't relate to my own no. kids, job, any, anything. So it has completely changed your, your sense of what uh, real life was. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't um, cope. I didn't understand. Um, things just didn't make sense to me. Mm. I, I did the best I could, but... Mm. Can you, can um, the you doctor, remember... The doctor who saw me afterwards said, there is no way you can be alive. Right. Well, <laughs> that's what I was. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and so then can, the, can, you remember, can you remember what happened during that longer... Um, more in-depth near-death experience, your your experience during that time? Well, yes, I can remember, but I, I, I don't want to go into detail about it. Um, I, I just... Um, I just didn't want to be here. Sure. And I decided to go... Elsewhere, uh, yeah. 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 Mm. And so I, I was long gone. Mm. <laughs> Had no intention of coming back. Mm. Um, if, if you don't then, mind, if you don't mind, then would... back. yeah. So then, uh, you know, that led to the third one, uh, which was March twenty nine. So some distance, but after you know, uh, between January four and March twenty nine. I had to relearn how to crawl, how to stand, how to walk, how to tell the difference between left and right, how to see properly, hear properly, Mm. and rebuild all my belief systems. Nothing was real. And uh, what, what saved me? There's two things that saved me. First of all, um, I would chant God is, and I would chant it by the hour. And by chanting God is, God is, God is, I literally helped to clean up my brain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then um, and, th- and then I did two things. Uh, and, and it was recommended to me by others that I read two books. The first one was... Uh, Tolkien's, you know, Lord of, the, mm-hmm. uh, Lord of the Rings. I did, and and it wasn't just the first book. But I read all three, mm-hmm. and then the other one um, was Dune by Frank Herbert. Right, I don't know that one, but okay. Um, those two books. I became every person in each book. Literally. I was them. And I did 
what they would do or I was part of their life or I was doing what they did. And the same way with the dune. Hmm. And, 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 and being them living their life from start to finish helped me to recognize my life and how I could live my life by living theirs. Hmm. And then with D- Dune, uh, the, the various sisters in Dune had this special litany that, that they used to help keep themselves clear. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for some reason, I changed the litany. But my version of their litany right. uh, not only saved my life and helped me, but I've been able to pass it on to others. Mm-hmm. And so, so the litany, it, it, it's, um, it's the litany of fear. Because what you're dealing with when, when you have something like this is, is a lot of fear. Yeah, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. And so the litany of fear... Fear, fear is the mind killer. It is the little death. I will face my fear. It will pass over me, around me, and through me. And when it is gone, I will remain. Very poetic. Oh, it's powerful. Mm. And the power of that led me, brought me out. That's great. Yes. There are, I mean, so many different traditions use things like that. They call them mantras or, as you say, litanies or whatever, because it they, they feel it, it does, it brings you back to yourself and clears out what's, what's, a, what's not you, clears it away. Yeah. Well, mm. you know, it came from Dune, yeah. which I did creating and, and, and mm. was part of those characters, the worms, mm. people, and everybody mm. else. Um, yeah. But, but I suppose it's not where it comes from. It's the meaning behind it, isn't it, that's important? Well, it's the power. Mm. Not just meaning, it's the power. The power. The power of saying it mm-hmm. and feeling it and knowing it. Mm. Yeah. So where do you say you became these characters? Do you mean that where, as you were reading it, you became kind of imaginatively immersed within the environment? Oh, or, I was you said, them. So how, how... I, I didn't make it happen. I was them instantly. I was them. So how, what was that experience like? Was it uh, because I'm trying to imagine it from someone who hasn't experienced it. I'm imagining reading a book and then the way you describe it, suddenly you're sort of kind of almost I'm sucked them. into that book, I'm into a completely different, and you're no longer in the room reading the book. And, and it just... Um, that enabled me to keep on going and enabled me to live and enabled me to be who I was and enabled mm. me to do my work. It enabled me to be a mother and, 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 and be a mother. Mm. It enabled me to clean my house. It enabled me to drive my car. It enabled me to balance my checkbook. It enabled me to be a human being. Mm. Uh, by being them, Totally and completely, I was then able to be me, totally, completely. I see. 
Brilliant. And you mentioned the um, the experience that seems quite common in near death experiences of not wanting to come back. Do you find that you find that a lot in the research you've well, done? You know, a lot of them choose to come back, mm-hmm. but also a lot of them just plop back. Mm. And, and yes, there are many of them who who don't want to come back. They want to stay there, but yes. and certainly but the way that finished business and they come back. Right, indeed. And certainly the way they describe the environments that they visit, and nobody really would want to come back unless they had good reason to. It sounds like such a wonderful place. Well, some of them have um, uh, some of them have either a hellish or an uncomfortable experience. Mm-hmm. So for them coming back was was very you know grateful. Mm-hmm. In, in my research base, one out of seven mm-hmm. had the um, unpleasant or hellish ex- right. experience. So um, so they're not all beautiful. No. But but even those that are be- beautiful, when you come back, you're so mixed up. Um, it, it's it's like how do you live? Um, because it's they'll go go about normal living, and suddenly another being is there with them, right? Or or, or they're taking an out of body trip, or suddenly they know things they should not have known. Or suddenly they have a message to deliver to some someone mm-hmm. else, um, and it's like me. Why me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they have this this whole <clears throat> profile, if you will, or this whole list <clears throat> of after effects. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I'm the most noted for is to find um, and 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 to profile the after effects. Now, they're both physiological and psychological. Um, most people are familiar with the psychological uh, psychological one. Yeah. Um, it's like 99.9% um, know that there there's no death. Right. There's absolutely no such thing as death. Mm. Forget about that, that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, and they come back more loving or more uh, more altruistic more interested mm. in other people mm-hmm. more um many of them become ministers or doctors or uh, somehow more courteous or more interested in other people doing whatever they can to help others uh certainly more friendly <clears throat> easily 90 percent mm-hmm. come back I'm not believing in God, but knowing God. Right. So, so the so forget about this nonsense about believing. Mm, uh, a difference. Yeah. Knowing God, mm. God, and, and they they may, they may not call it God. They may call it you know oneness uh, or something like that. Or, yeah. <clears throat> uh, the being within, or or. Mm. or often have other names besides G-O-D. But it's this idea of that presence, that power, that knowing, that that existence um, that owns the universe, that owns mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. You know, and you are a part of that. Very much in the sense of 
um, you are a co-creator with the creator. Mm-hmm. And, and that becomes very vivid. Not everybody can handle it. Somebody just blows them away. They, they just can't handle that. But most of them come, come to the... Um, come to the idea or or the or the thought or the knowing that this is this is true this is mm. real mm. um uh so certainly that becomes a major force in everyone's life but another major force is how do you handle the the psychic stuff right yes. i mean you weren't psychic before you become psychic after if you were psychic before, you become very psychic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, 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 forget about forget about forgetting about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's there. It enhances the left brain as well as the right brain. They're enhanced together. And many people many people come back with 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 this incredible um, ability to know things and do things. I've had a number of adults take the standard IQ test mm-hmm. and it clearly shows their their intelligence has jumped quite a bit. Of course, with little kids, you, you know, if you get the book and please do um, the forever angels near death experiences in childhood and their lifelong impact. So if you're looking at, at, experiences between birth and the age of five uh, you're going to run into um, this phenomenon and it's going to be big time it's staring you right in the face and you've got to look at it because um, my sense my thought is that we've got this jump start that's happening to little kids right when the basic flooring for the brain and the nervous system is being laid mm. and same same way with skin sensitivity and and uh, the digestive system yeah so it's flipping them it's literally flipping them in into um into enhanced um, um consciousness mm-hmm. um uh and, and because it's IQ, yeah and because IQ. it takes place at the foundation it's building oh, it, their entire it's lives massive. it's massive mm. now in my research of, of the little ones um uh um clearly most of them could remember their birth so hello world out there, mm. everybody in the world. Clearly, the majority could remember their birth. How about everybody else? Mm-hmm. They say they say, you know, little newborn babies. They don't know anything. Sorry, they know a lot. <laughs> Um, one third could re- remember being in the womb mm-hmm. and had womb experiences. I had two that were there at conception. Really? One of them, when she was old enough, drew a picture of it and showed it to her parents. Right. Accurately. And she was <laughs> 
completely accurate. And the parents were so embarrassed. It's like, what? What? You were there when you we were, were doing yeah, what you yeah. think we were doing? <laughs> and, and, and I mean, read <laughs> the Forever Angels. Mm. I mean, you've got to know about our children. Yeah. Because these are children that are having having near death experiences experiences before they it's a before. Mm. They don't mm. they don't there's no before. So they can't compare before and after like a teenager or no. an adult can do. No, because they experienced the before. So they come in right from wherever it is they were. Mm. And now some of them talk about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And in the book, there's a few drawings of those who could clearly remember their past life. But the majority were not interested in that at all, um, nor, nor were they part of that. The majority talk about... Um, this is my word river the the river of consciousness mm -hmm. it's it's like consciousness is a river it's a reality that that, that goes on and on and on and and in this river there'll be a little dip once in a while that's a life then right. you come back up i see um mm. and yeah, they it's... were part of that stream or that river mm. or mm. that uh, vastness um yeah. that we could call consciousness, consciousness. the the reality the the reality the reality of isness mm. the, the analogy that are, i hear the analogy that yeah. i hear quite often is like an ocean uh, with waves and each wave is is life although it's all part of the ocean it appears as individual different waves well you can th think in terms of of waves but they talk in terms of the ocean mm-hmm and that's where they connect. Yeah. And um, the kids will talk clearly about three lights. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes adults talk about that too, but not so much. With, with kids, they'll talk about that bright or white light, sometimes with, with silver, silver or gold in it. Mm -hmm. And that light... Um, you can talk to that light and it knows all about you. Um, you can't lie to that light. It knows all about you. <laughs> you can talk to it. And then the black light or the dark light, no, that is not negative. Get, get that silly stuff out of your mind. Kids are talking about this dark or black light. Many times it has purple tinges in it. It's mm -hmm. being so loving. Mm. So healing, a place where you want to cuddle, cuddle up yes, into it. Yes. And and then there's this light doesn't have any special color, but it's so it's so powerful and so strong and and so raw. Mm. And and so the kids are, <laughs> I love kids, <laughs> and, and the kids say, well, that white light, or that bright light, that's father light. Mm -hmm. And that dark or black light, that's mother light. Hmm. And that raw light, that's God's light. 
and the father light and the mother light come from, from God's light. God's light. Right, I see. You know, the, the kids aren't mixed up about that. No, <laughs> and, and certainly, especially with younger kids, they don't have kind of the conditioning to interpret things, so they say things as they as they were. You know, that's that's it. Mm. Uh, and uh, in, in the, the world's only encyclopedia of the near-death experience, uh, the big book of near-death experiences, which is sold by IANS, mm -hmm. um, I wrote it. Uh, and I gave I gave my copyright to IANS. So if you buy that book, that royalty uh, uh, th that you paid for it will go to IANS to help us. Um, but in that book, it, 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 um, it um, please, I don't, I don't want you to think in terms of, I'm a big book that you have to read, but there's lots of little stories, there's profiles, there's, there's, um, there's cartoons. Um, you can pick up that book and, and, and get the whole picture of something in a page or two. Mm. So it's a fun book to read. And in that book, I talk about these darker black light experience, experiences, and almost always they're very healing. And um, I give an adult case, and he drew the picture of it. And so the picture mm. is in the book of an adult case who had a black light experience. Mm. Uh, but with kids, they're, they're you know, w w when I'm looking at IQ, and 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 those that um, uh, were finally old enough to take the I the standard IQ test in school. Okay, okay. So that's about six or seven. Yeah. Um, maybe eight, maybe nine years old by then. Around there. Yeah. Standard IQ test. Yeah. Those that had a near death experience between well i'm just doing general here up to the age of seven um it's 40 some it, it's like 45 percent. i don't have have it right in front of me but something like 45 percent of them were um we're getting, um, we're scoring between 150 to 160 on a standard IQ test. Now, that's impressive. That's genius. Mm. However, if a kid had a near death experience between birth and 15 months of age that had a black light experience instead of a bright or white light experience. Their IQ test began at 180 Jeez. and went up into the 200s. That's it. And for so anyone that doesn't I, know, the, the standard IQ 100 is, is normal. So I, I'm <laughs> saying here, everybody, for doctors and scientists, we've got to have research here mm. on these tiny ones, these small ones, and what is happening to the brain yes, and the nervous absolutely. system? Because I know something is, or you wouldn't have that big of a flip. Mm. Mm. Absolutely.
And it's a shame because most of the, the scientists and the researchers that you that you um, reach out to will tell you all oh, this is nonsense anyway. There's no reality to it. Just look at the facts. Mm. That's all you have to do is look at the facts. Mm. And this is not nonsense. No, absolutely not. Mm. Do you find that um, those who have near-death experiences as well, um, talking from kind of from the position of those maybe that are scientifically minded atheists and don't believe in any, they believe that once you die, that's it, gone forever. Uh, and also, do you find that so? Do you find that their experience usually changes that opinion? And how about those who are say fundamentally religious who believe that if you don't, if you're not of this religion, well, you well, go to okay, hell I'm and things like that. One at a time. Yeah. Uh, we do have some, I know of some adults who had a near-death experience who were atheists. Mm -hmm. And afterward, they joined the atheist church. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> right. yeah. there's an atheist church. And they were smiling and happy and it, it had completely transformed their life. Um, to, but to put the word God in there, they couldn't do that but 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 their their personality their behavior showed very clearly that they had been changed and changed for the better mm -hmm. and they they were happy with life mm -hmm. um i've only run across two near-death experiencers of any age who went through an experience like this and were unconvinced at all that there was anything like yeah anything greater like, being right i see so i've only run across two mm -hmm. and 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 so um you know, my research base is nearly 5,000 adults and children, so that's a lot. That's quite a good... I haven't yeah. heard of anybody either. Um, so we're looking at something that makes a fundamental change mm -hmm. in a, an individual's behavior and thinking um, and, and in the way they use their brain, the way they live... Uh, but I hasten to add here that those those that those after effects are not always easy to handle. No. So so you're not going to get people floating around on some kind of cloud somewhere mm. saying oh, goody goody. Um, those after and especially for children, the after effects are hard to handle because they know more than the parent does. Look in my mm. research phase. Of 397 uh, 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 people who had a, a near-death experience as a child, it was 397, 90% mm -hmm. lost any sense of bonding with their parents at all. That doesn't mean they didn't love them. No. They didn't bond with them. Yeah. Um. So we're looking at something that makes a fundamental change within the very being of the child. Um, and, and so that's, that, that's absolutely huge. They, they know more than the parent does. 
they, they know more than siblings do. They go to school, they know more than the, than the teachers do. Uh, often they're bullied and yes. bullied mer mer mercilessly. Um, so uh, life can be difficult. Life can be hard. Mm. I'd imagine, especially uh, going through school when they're primarily taught that all these beliefs, again, are, are nonsense because you are your body and things like that. That must cause a lot of t mental turmoil in their, in their minds. Well, yes, or boredom. Or boredom, <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> you don't know anything. Bye. <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot of that. Mm. Uh, yes, in England, if you read my book, there's a historical section mm -hmm. uh, 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 of those people we think had a near-death experience based on um, their demeanors and things like that. Uh, well, based on the after facts and mm. you know what became of them, and one of them is Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you read his little, little story. Oh, I, I will. Uh, It'll be in interesting. The, mm. the, the Forever Angels. Mm. Yeah. So, so what? What of those who are say fundamentally religious who believe that this kind of experience is of the devil, um, which I've heard several times, and and that this is going to turn them to hell and oh. things like that. Well, I, first of all, I'm going to say I love them all, and um, and I love I love even their silliness. <laughs> <laughs> um, when when I was first doing this kind of research, so so we're going back a ways, we're going back several decades. Mm -hmm. um, we're going back to maybe eighties, nineties. The fundamentalist Christians at that time were vicious. Right. I mean, vicious. They would attack you. They would condemn you. They would. They would. They would do black witchcraft against you. Right. Literally. Mm. I had to hire. Um. I, I, a special individual who knew how to handle that kind of curse. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to pay. I had to pay her every month for about three or four years, just to protect to, yourself. To, to keep myself healthy. I mean, it was mm. that vicious. Mm. And and the Catholic Church at that time was very much against near death experiences. Well, the Catholic Church has turned turned around. They've done a complete one eighty. Mm. 180 and they're very supportive now uh with the fundamentalist christians i don't know depends on the particular church uh what i have found with uh their wonderful movies that they have on now uh, my husband and i often go you know to these kinds of movies because they're some of them are absolutely wonderful mm. um but but what what they do now is they they talk about this special blessing from God from God or um, they have another way of, uh, they never call it a near death experience never never mm -hmm. never they don't use that term but they'll use something something like a special vision from God yeah, or, something or mir miracle or something like that with the children. Mm -hmm. uh, but they won't use the term 
um, near-death experience, but they were near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. I investigated several um, that they made movies of or there's books out. Um, I I mean, all I can do is bless them. I mean, we're we're one family. Mm. And and God is the God of all. Mm. I mean, even these crazy people in Afghanistan. Yes. You know, yes. that, that's a hard one to take, but it's the truth. Mm. Um, so it's how we handle this and what we do about it. And, 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 and the challenge that we have to uh, be able to um, handle these kinds of situations in a way that is effective, and um, in a way that's keeping with the truth uh, of that particular moment, that particular time hmm. with these people. So, um, I mean, it's, it's also, I don't care what you call God, it's still God. Hmm. And, and, I, I, and I don't I, care I, if you use the term G-O-D, doesn't yeah. matter. Hmm. That force, that power Hmm. is real and it's there and it's it's not going anywhere. (laughs) Hmm. It's there. I often wonder I often wonder whether the original teachers of all of these religions, uh, Jesus, Buddha, uh, Prophet Muhammad, whether they all kind of came with the same information from the same God, the same source, um, and was teaching the same messages. from the same source yeah um they certainly color the language in a way that um that was um possible for them at that yes in that culture Hmm. Uh, now you you go back with the muslim religions um uh, there was there was that split after the death of Muhammad, between the families. Mm. So you have one kind of Muslim and you have another kind of Muslim. Well, apparently you have a third kind that are, that are very, very um, bloodthirsty. Right. And, and, and they think that they <clears throat> are doing everything in accordance with, you know, the Koran. Yeah. But, but if you go, go back and read the Quran, if you read the history, mm. find out that no. <laughs> that's not what it says at all. Yeah. Uh, that's really not what it says. Or or what, if you go to the theologians, it's not what, what mm. it was meant. You, you know, you go back in the Quran and um, it says women have the same right, right of divorce that men have. Uh, they have the same right, right to a family mm. and, and, and be the mother of their children and, and, and to take their children, if, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have the same right um, to money and to handle that money as any man. Um, they, don't, they do not have to cover themselves. It, it, it does not say in the Quran. Uh, it, it indicates that, but, mm. but it doesn't say but they have. So it's how it's been interpreted. I, I, I always think that the various religions that have, that have come up in human history seem to be in a different interpretation of one message of love and respect and 
So that that's why I, I believe that they all come from that's the same message. I really recommend that you read. Oh. The book I've already talked about, the third book that I wrote, A Manual for Developing Humans. Mm -hmm. Because in the back, it, 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 um, it gives you the progress of the various religions and, and, and the idea of Jesus. Mm -hmm. it, it, give, it gives you the progress of that uh, down through history. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal if you read that. Absolutely. Where where this all comes from, and uh, the idea of the of 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 the uh, um, uh, the, um, the idea of of, uh, of of Jesus being killed and how he was killed that goes back to other religions, mm -hmm. <clears throat> word for word. Right. Uh, long before there was ever a Christian religion, or mm. long before mm. there was ever Jesus. Mm. Um, so read that. Absolutely. And, and where, where can people find these books? All at your website. Hey, Amazon.com. Anywhere you buy books, mm -hmm. you can get a manual for developing humans. You can certainly get it from my website, but you can get it from any book Brilliant. source. Any Brilliant. of my books are available from any book source. Perfect. And I, and I want to mention right here for, for children. Um, I wrote six children's books after I'd finished the forever angels. Hmm. Uh, and I was so taken by the fact that most of them could remember their birth and a third could remember being in the womb. That's 397 people that I wrote six little children's books. It's called the Animal Lights series. You can only get it from Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. A wonderful artist did them. And it's of these little animals that come from the light, settle down in their mommy's pocket place, which is her womb, and go through that, and then birth, sometimes a miscarriage, and the idea is, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea is that any family, grandparents, whoever can sit down with the little kids and they can, and they, they can read that and they can say, well, do you, rem do you remember um, anything like Busy Betty Wiggles did? She's a monkey. Can you remember? Um, what she remembers mm. so they can quiz normal everyday kids they can quiz them to see well did they pick up anything from birth mm. they remember being born do they remember being a baby do they remember being in mommy's womb or her pocket place mm. um so i i did some research there's no other books like this in the world so if you're a mom or a dad or grandparents mm, or an expecting get, parent, you know, mm. expecting parents, get, the, get these little books and, and they're fun books, of course, with the little animals and everything. 
they're fun books to read and and go through and mm. find out what your kid remembers brilliant absolutely okay brilliant so i suppose to finish off my channels mainly or my projects mainly focus on what happens after physical death which is what seeking eye is um so what would you suggest from your years of research and your own experiences what would you suggest they indicate about what happens to us after after death well, first of all, I would say there is no death. The only thing you lose is the body you're wearing. You don't lose your mind. You don't lose, lose your memories. You don't lose you. Mm. Um, the only thing you lose is, is your body. Um, and almost all near-death experiences will say, say the same thing, child or an adult. Mm -hmm. So you're only, you know, you're only losing what you wear. You're not losing who you are. Mm. And that's very comforting. You don't lose your memories. You don't lose, yeah, you know, you don't lose that stuff. No. You don't, you, you don't lose you. Mm. You just lose. Um, what you look like. Yeah, you just <laughs> lose what you've been wearing. That's all. Mm. 